...moved with the air of tragedy that was emanating through the kindness in what Jessica felt to be almost suffocating waves. As the woman began to speak, Jessica continued to smile, and even nodded once or twice, but her mind had quickly switched to another place, another time where she could no longer be reached. They were standing halfway down the pet food aisle in Sainsbury's on the Cromwell Road. It was odd for Jessica to be there, since there were no animals at home, nor had there ever been... When she was a child, she'd been so desperate for a dog that she used to walk around pulling a ball of string behind her, calling it Timmy. The memory flitted through her mind now as softly as a whisper. She was seeing a lonely little girl with no brothers or sisters, a father who was unknown, and a strikingly beautiful mother who sometimes wanted her, but usually didn't. Her grandparents, with whom she'd lived most of the time, would have allowed her a dog, but her mother, from the end of a phone or during one of her sweeping, gift-showering visits, would never permit it. "'She'll be coming to live with me any time now,' her mother used to gush, all corkscrew curls and cherry-red lipstick. "'And I'm sorry, but I can't have a dog, too. They're the worst kind of tie, and with all this quarantine business. What if we go to live abroad? No, no, a dog is just another complication, and that is something I really don't need.' They did go to live abroad, she and her mother, for two agonisingly lonely years, during which Jessica had missed her grandparents so much that in the end she'd stopped eating and even speaking. She'd known, in her eight-year-old way, that her mother didn't really want her there, that she was a liability every bit as inconvenient as a dog, probably even more so, and the man her mother was living with didn't seem interested in her either. In the end, her mother and her French-Canadian lover had broken up, and Jessica had been packed off back to Dorset, to her lovely gran and big, strong grampy, and that was where she'd stayed, discounting a couple more disastrous attempts on her mother's part to be a full-time parent, until she and her best friend Lillian had left for university at the age of 18. All best forgotten now, though. It was a long time ago and really had no bearing on today at all. Feeling a slight pressure on her arm, Jessica looked down to see the old lady's arthritic fingers touching her kindly. Jessica's eyes came up to the woman's gentle gaze. She smiled again. Then, after whispering a polite thank you, she began wheeling her trolley on down the aisle. For the next few minutes, she focused only on what she'd come for. Greek yoghurt, muesli, fresh pasta, artichokes. She'd made a list, and most items were ticked off by now, so it only remained to pick up some bread before she could join a queue at the checkout. It was a Thursday morning in early July. There weren't many people around, but even so, as she moved quietly about her business, she could feel the glances following her like ghosts, seeming to cling to her even after the curious, sympathetic and even embarrassed eyes had turned away. This was one of the very worst parts about being known. It allowed her no refuge in anonymity, nor any real privacy to call her own. At least not while she was out in public, and this was the first time she'd braved even a supermarket trip since the terrible event that had shattered her life. Had three months really gone by already? Sometimes it felt as though it was only three days, while at others it might have happened a lifetime ago. Should she get a French stick or a pain de campagne? She was thinking about Charlie now and wishing she'd let him come with her, He'd offered, but he hadn't really had the time, 
and Nikki, their 17-year-old, had merely looked at her and shrugged as if to say, don't ask me, I don't know what you're making all the fuss about anyway, it's only a supermarket for God's sake. Jessica hadn't told her she was afraid of breaking down in public. Nikki didn't need to know that. For a few crazy minutes, she'd considered keeping eight-year-old Harry home from school so he could come with her, but apart from being a selfish and even cowardly idea, it would have totally defeated the purpose of this visit, which was to start getting back to normal. Strangely, now she was here, the only thing she really felt was vaguely distanced from herself, almost as if she were another shopper, watching Jessica Moore's progress and wondering what it was like to be her. Do well-known people feel things as deeply as everyone else? Is it easier for them because they've got money or fame or beauty or successful husbands to fall back on? It's not her, she heard someone whispering nearby. I'm telling you it is. Who? What are we talking about? A third voice asked. Jessica Moore.